0: Welcome to Paytech Talk, and this is a special Money 2020 edition, and we are live from the Money Pot podcast booth, right on the floor of Money 2020. And sitting across from me, who do
1: I have? Thanks, Elliot. It's James Booth here from PPRO. So I'm the Vice President and Head of Partnerships for Europe, Middle East, and Africa at PPRO. Oh, wow. It's probably a pretty busy day-to-day uh, schedule for you, <laughs> yeah. especially
0: here at Money 2020.
1: Exactly. Very, very busy. I mean, for us, Money 2020 is our bread and butter all of our clients are here all of our suppliers are here this is the this is the place where where we get all of our work done for the year so oh I've got my I've got my work cut out for myself for the okay, next well, three I'll, days
0: I will keep it quick yeah. and polite so I mean obviously there's always a lot going on in the payments news it's a very like sort of fast, innovative space. So what have you noticed? Uh, what has caught your eye in uh,
1: the news lately? I mean, there's there's been a lot going on. I mean, the rise of Buy Pay Later, the recent news with Apple Pay offering right. their Buy Pay Later solution. I mean, personally, from my side, um, just the constant fragmentation of the ecosystem has been a theme that I've constantly okay. been seeing every year. It just goes on and on and on. And, and that's probably the one thing that surprises me the most, that okay. every year... You find you get one or two players entering a space and then it just fragments and localizes. Right. So it just increased complexity year over year. So I always like to say fintech or at least working in fintech and payments. (laughs) It's like it's like trying to untangle a bowl of pasta and the bowl of pasta is just getting (laughs) bigger and bigger and bigger.
0: (laughs) That's interesting because uh, what do you think with we we talk about you talked about you mentioned fragmentation what do you think about the role of uh Uh, and we probably knew this was going to come up blockchain and crypto and like cbdcs and that sort of like especially the blockchain element providing like this sort of infrastructure where you can bring all that fragmentation between like local payments or whatever like proprietary systems together in sort of like this single ledger
1: single ledger yeah i mean it's it's a theme we've been seeing for a few years. I mean, the big banks are starting to get more into that right. space. They're definitely wanting to play in that space. I think they see some form of utility in the blockchain. Right. I don't think we'll see it that much on a consumer level, at least in the near term. Um, I think we're just going to see an enhanced level of service, especially the interconnectivity between certain products, between certain local payment okay. methods, between acquiring. It's just, it's, it's. I see it as a bit of an efficiency driver for okay. the whole system. I mean, you go back and you look at old school acquirers old school payment processes mm-hmm. banks etc you know they're running I mean a lot of them are still running old the legacy school legacy infrastructure, right. infrastructure You know, they're, they're to move to the cloud it's, it's kind of we're layering technology on top of one another mm-hmm. and blockchain and all of this type of technology, it kind of just opens up the space. It it just cleans up a lot of the infrastructure. So I think we'll start seeing that drive a lot of efficiencies mm-hmm. within existing products and existing flows, okay. which is quite cool.
0: So uh, I'm sure you're familiar with uh, the MasterCard CEO, a couple, was it last week saying that Swift yeah. might not exist in uh, five, well, five years?
1: I mean, that's the point. If we <laughs> Swift, I mean, I think that's quite bold. Right. It's, quite, it's quite a bullish claim. Uh, I guess he said saying.
0: that could, could. or the may is the, yeah. he qualified that statement. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's, he's he's definitely wanting to get some good headlines by saying something like that. But, I mean, at some points in time it could be a reality that these types mm-hmm. of networks will right. overtake existing legacy infrastructure. You okay. Know, things need to improve as consumers. I mean, I certainly see a lot of this being driven on the consumer side. Think about how all of the offerings are generally being localized. I mentioned increase uh, fragmentation mm-hmm. and complexity in the market. You know, us as consumers, everything we want is generally based on consumer-centric buying behaviors. Right. You look at Amazon, you know, yep. the, the version of Amazon that I have is very different to the version of Amazon that you have we've each got a store for one yeah now all of these different providers are trying to do the same and you're trying to just layer up a whole bunch of things on one another you add payments into the mix instant payments it's like you can't do it with legacy rails legacy infrastructure so at some stage you, you, everybody needs to move to these new things so i mean he has a point <laughs> but you yeah. know would i bet my mortgage on it that going to happen <laughs> in five years probably not <laughs>
0: Okay. A follow up to that is, I guess that's one way, sort of like fintech is driving innovation in payments. Yes. What are some other ways that, just off the top of your mind, like the first thing that, first things that pop up?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think it was it was all FinTech's definitely driving innovation, mm-hmm. but certainly consumer preferences. Okay. I think is one of the main driving forces around okay. around this trend that's popping up. You know, I just see it becoming uber localized.
0: Okay. So yeah. like sort of doubling down on the customer centricity. So that's like a 100%. loop effect though, because then you have the data from the yeah, exactly, consumer then yeah. you feed it back. But yeah. you also you you need a structure for that, especially in payments, because if we're fragmentation, then party A has the data over difficult.
1: here. Yeah. And I mean, you look at it, not, not even from the payments perspective. Payments is becoming more complex, but consumers are demanding more around. I mean, one theme I've seen pop up in the last year is carbon removal companies. Right. You know, it's pretty common now. Actually, not common. It's going to become common mm-hmm. that whenever you buy or, or, I mean, I flew over here. I think I flew on KLM, bought my tickets. They said, you want to pay two, three extra pounds to make your trip carbon neutral. That's becoming normal even on e-commerce purchases. Like, we're going to ship your goods from Italy, but pay an extra two, three pounds and we'll send that through to a carbon So
0: company. sustainability being sustainability,
1: high on the list. And sustainability, and that from a consumer perspective is driving a lot of this. Thing. I'm not saying that that's the future, but it's all of these elements around the transaction, which mm-hmm. is driving a lot of this behavior and driving a lot of the change in, in, in the ecosystem.
0: Okay, having said that, what are the biggest opportunities for PeePro?
1: Yeah, well, for PeePro, <laughs> I mean, we sit right in the middle of all of that. You this, absolutely so, do. You know, I think that's that's actually one of the biggest reasons why I joined PeePro, because I saw the opportunity of the marketplace, or at least the payments and fintech mm-hmm. marketplace, just becoming ever more so complex. Okay. You know? So for us, we aggregate access to local payment methods. That's That's one part of mm-hmm. our core business model. However, we're starting to move into just general digital commerce orchestration. And what okay. I mean by that is...
0: Yeah, please define orchestration. I know yeah, that's a term a lot of people use in word, payments, but I it's uh, I, I don't not like, very well defined. Yeah, defined. I,
1: mean, I don't like saying the word orchestration because a lot of people have different interpretations okay. of what orchestration means. You know, there's some providers out there that will actually just use smart routing, and it's just a, a, a way to route your transactions right. to different payment providers in
0: right. case one fails, and then it picks up. It picks
1: to another yep. one. Maybe you get better pricing for lower ATV transactions. Right. You send it to provider A for higher ATV. You send it to provider B. You know, so that's that's, that's let's call that like basic level orchestration, okay. or transaction routing. Whereas what we're trying to do is we're trying to orchestrate throughout the entire payments value chain. So it's not only routing transactions okay. from provider A to provider B, it's also routing tra- transactions to different risk providers, different KYC and AMR fraud providers, different acquirers around the world. So it's it's different, I mean at some point in time we'll get into orchestrating shipping APIs. We do that, we've started to do that okay. now. So depending on where the merchant's based, they can maybe want to use shipping provider A versus shipping right. provider B. Oh, wow. And that's linked to the transaction. So it's actually orchestrating the entire end to end payments so flow.
0: Facilitating e-commerce then in the, the sort of like the the the, the the highest level image would be facilitating,
1: it, facilitating e-commerce. Facilitating e-commerce. You know, you've got merchant A based in Amsterdam, you've right. got consumer B based <laughs> in the US, you know, maybe the transaction value is eighty euros. Right. Okay, present. This payment method, use this shipping provider, use maybe this fraud provider. If that fails, maybe a reroute and this different provider. It, you know, intelligent routing. <laughs> that's another way. Yeah,
0: I mean that would, that would, that means that people that you are literally at the center of the e-commerce landscape, I would say, and that requires you to have lots of partnerships, Exactly, I would imagine. That's your bread and butter, besides Money in 2020, which would be partnerships with other people who attend, other companies who attend. I mean,
1: that's my my job title, partnerships. So it's it's really about connecting the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the key differentiators that we also have in the market is we don't work with merchants directly so we're right. we're not a merchant facing it's very speed. important to move out exactly uh, point out also from a payment method side we're we're not a payment method we don't interact with consumers we're the the double sided <laughs> network that sits between PSPs, acquirers, right. merchant acquirers, gateways, etc and the payment method and all of the other kind of uh, service providers in in the industry. So we we want to be that white label infrastructure provider that sits behind the scenes. You know, one one way I like to explain it is if you go back 10 years, if you look at just online businesses, you know, mm-hmm. back in the day, banks and Amazon and all these different companies would think okay, should I build my Right. Infrastructure in the cloud, or should I do it on my own in-house servers mm-hmm. and, and architecture? The same thing's happening in payments. Everyone is thinking: Should I build my own infrastructure? Should I connect into this acquiring? Right. Should I connect into this local payment method? Should I connect into this shipping it's API? A
0: very big. It depends, though. I think that question: Should you build or should you buy? Should, should uh, depends.
1: You and our our opinion is: It's reaching the point where you should buy now. Okay. It's definitely you should buy now because the marketplaces, or well, at least the, the ecosystem is so complex, you should not be dealing with that complexity. You should be dealing with so you your business, complexity. how to service your merchants in the best way. You know, if you're starting an online business now or any digital business now, you're going to go straight to AWS or Google Cloud. or yep. any, You're not going to build. You're not going to build on Shopify
0: in-house. or something, WordPress. Build Shopify, exactly. Something
1: that I always. So that same build or buy thought and conversation is happening With payment providers today And that shift is We believe very strongly That it's going to be A buy conversation Rather than a build conversation Mm -hmm. Because of the increased complexity And if things are becoming More and more complex How do you offer The best in class service To your merchants?
0: Right, it's it's, it's like anything else You should leave that To the people whose business it is To do that thing that you want Exactly, that's our business (laughs) Our our business is
1: not Dealing with merchants It's not dealing with Providing the best support To merchants Mm. It's dealing with The best support to payments businesses.
0: Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. So how can fintech be a force for good, if you have yeah. any thoughts on that?
1: Well, no, certainly. I mean, fintech, for me, it's, it drives innovation. Mm-hmm. It drives efficiencies. It drives transparency, you know? Okay. I, I really do think that. I mean, out here, obviously, we're all commercially minded here. We want to make profitable <laughs> businesses, but also we just want to make really good products that help consumers at the end of that's the day. That's fair. We want to make we want to make things easier to buy. We want to make things easier to return. We want to make things easier right. to ship. Just we just want to make people's digital payments life better. Right. And I think that's what fintech drives. You know, there's there's things like on the neobank side, it's all about financial inclusion. Right. It's bringing everybody into the ecosystem. This for, taps
0: into that too, as well. I would think.
1: Exactly. It's it's the exact same. It's the exact same topic. It's really just about inclusion and bringing everybody into this digital first environment because it's clear we're moving that way. And we should bring everybody into this world in the best way possible, in the most responsible way possible.
0: I completely uh, agree. So switching lanes a little bit, it's going to get personal. So in your professional life, who
1: has inspired you? I was... uh, the, the, the personal conversations I always find are the most difficult ones when it comes to business I'm straight away. It makes sense. Um, no, but who's inspired me? I mean, I think there's a, there's a few people that have really inspired me. I think on a personal level, mm-hmm. um, actually, it's my, my cousin's husband inspired me quite a lot. So I'm, I'm originally from South Africa, uh, born and bred there, moved over to the UK 11 years ago. I don't really know much about payments, but funny enough, my cousin's husband, he started a payments business in South Africa I think thirty years ago or so. Oh, so it was back okay. in the days where it was really a cash-heavy economy. Yeah, and he built up this really profitable business. And for him, his whole mantra was just put blinkers on, concentrate on your business, forget about all of the macroeconomic uh, kind of movements in the market, really, and just focus on what you're doing in the best possible way. And he did this for for, for thirty years or so, and, and actually I learned a lot from him. So from a personal perspective, oh, wow, he was a big cool. yeah, he was a big inspiration to me. Um, and you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of good business people out there, that's, there that that inspire me. I think full McKnight from Nike. Absolutely, it's certainly one like I love his book Shoe Dog. There's a lot of learnings I took mm-hmm. from that, so I'd say he's he's certainly one of the leaders okay. that, that I'll probably put out there. Mm-hmm. That's 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 kind of inspired me on a personal level. Oh, nice. Did your was it
0: was it your cousin's husband? Did he get you into payments? Was that like your no, intro, or he was didn't. it like how, how how did that happen? Just no, curious.
1: So I mean, he he. P got into payments in South Africa. Right, a thirty long years ago. Long time right. ago. Um, I, I moved over to the UK. I started off in investment banking. Oh my god! Didn't I like mean, that. Didn't last long. I can imagine with like
0: 80 hour work weeks yeah, i mean uh, it,
1: it wasn't for me so I, I did that for about two years i got out i joined a startup incubator okay got involved in a whole bunch of startups i was like i love this this is great i oh, well, like this is fun okay the and energy then, and everything exactly so i got involved in a few mm-hmm. startups things from grocery delivery businesses to storage businesses and i stumbled across a mobile payment startup called paylive and got involved with them and i was like wow I like finance, I like the money part of things, which is why I got into investment banking. But then I love the startup elements. I was like, this is great. So I did mobile okay. point sale and then did that for a few years and then and then joined Peeper because I thought e-commerce was the way forward, not mobile kind of chip and pin type payments. Right. So moved into the and yeah. So that's how I got into payments. Um, oh, but cool. it was great for the two of us because now at Family Dinners he's actually got, <laughs> I finally got somebody I can speak to about
0: payments. Oh nice. <laughs> So it's a feather in your calf. Exactly. Okay. So to end the interview, it's a question I like to ask here at Money2020. What's a question that you would love to get asked, but no one ever asked you?
1: I know. Well, I mean, I'd have to say, is this from a personal perspective or from a work perspective? Because I'm a a big introvert, so I don't like talking about myself too much. I'm actually
0: an introvert too, so it's interesting we have two introverts in
1: the podcast. Yeah.
0: I would say from, since we're in a business environment, okay. so go for the business.
1: Perfect, yeah. I mean, I would, I would really, yeah. I mean, questions I like to answer. I mean, one is who's inspired me the most. That's, that's kind of a natural one. Okay. I mean, I think questions from a work perspective that I really like covering is new tech on the horizon. Like, what, like what, are you, what do you personally like using? Oh, answer payments, that one. You know? I would love to hear that. Exactly. So, I mean, personally for me, obviously, I love using... Apple Pay, it's <laughs> so easy. Like the fact that I actually don't carry a wallet anymore. You know, I carry on my phone. You probably can't see this on the podcast, but I don't have a cover on my phone. But I've just got, oh, if I can pull it out my pockets, just got one of these. Little I have one little of wallets, those things yeah. too. I have a slim wallet as well. And like, I just don't have to use plastic cards anymore. Yeah. I, just, but I, I love talking and actually, maybe it's not necessarily Apple Pay. I love talking about getting rid of plastic debit and credit cards because I find it. I find it's such a backwards way of paying. Mm-hmm. You're walking around with a piece of plastic with a bunch of numbers on, and then you're entering it into a digital interface. It's like... Why can't I just use my smartphone? Why can't I just scan my face? Why can't I just scan my finger? We can now. We can, and that's so. That's what I personally like talking about, and that's kind of what I do for a living, which, <laughs> which makes us a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> now, it makes the basement so seamless too. Exactly. You don't need to like if you. Everyone has their phone. I mean, if you forget your phone, you're kind of screwed anyway. But like, it's,
1: that's like the the phone is the new wallet. The phone is the new wallet. Like when literally, you're, yeah, like whenever I'm buying things online, I always look for e-commerce merchants that allow you to pay with different payment methods because I love trying the different ones. Like the other day, I can't remember what I was buying but I was using open banking in the Mm -hmm. UK and I was like, I would always use that over a traditional debit and credit card, just because I like the user experience. It's more seamless. Right. I don't need to get up and go get my card. It's just more fun.
0: Right. I mean, and, and payment methods are like obviously in terms of cart uh, cart or uh, cart abandonment rates. That's very high on that list of reasons why people click away. Exactly. Yeah, uh, I, I love these shoes, I mean. but like, oh my god, you don't have Apple Pay or your local payment method. Like, yeah. I I mean. I live here in the Netherlands, and that's ideal. And if you don't have ideal, you're kind of like, exactly. I wouldn't even consider buying that. Like, kind of undermines the whole legitimacy, legitimacy of the establishment. I know they don't have that one payment method. Yeah, yeah.
1: Because yeah. it's
0: like you don't, you don't know your, you don't know your crowd, do you? Exactly, uh, exactly. And that's extremely important.
1: Yeah. No, I, I love talking about that. I also love talking about the different preferences and the different, also the different cultures around the world. You know, you've got a certain culture in Europe compared to Southeast Asia. Absolutely. And that also drives different payment preferences. Yep. Um, so I love talking about that and getting into almost the psychology element of payments, which of drives a lot of it's the, consumer behavior, consumer and, behavior and, we, and consumer
0: preferences. We, we're we we're very flawed and
1: irrational beings. Exactly. You know, there's a reason why Alipay and Weecho Pay are so popular in China. It's enormous. So there's a reason why Ideal's popular here, why Multibanco and is popular in right. Portugal, why Bileto Bancario is popular in Brazil? You know, there's reasons behind this, and it's it's very interesting getting into the reasons behind those.
0: Okay, well, this was a very interesting conversation with you, uh, James.
1: Pleasure, no, Thanks thank for, you for stopping it's by. Been it's been a, it's been a really good conversation. No, it it's has. Been... We should speak again. <laughs> <Yeah>. Invite <laughs> me anytime. <laughs> okay,
0: we'll do. You've just been listening to Paytech Talk, the podcast about payments. Today's guest was James Booth. Paytech Talk is brought to you by I'm yeah. Amsterdam, thanks for listening.